Today our guest, our speaker is no stranger, but it has been quite some time before we have heard from our speaker. I want you to know I'm here to introduce our speaker today in the person of Dr. Veronica G.B. I will not read her bio, but I'll tell you a little bit about her. She's saved. She's healed. She's a blessing. She loved the Lord. She's an elect lady, the first lady, a founder, a leader, a minister, an author, entrepreneur, a business owner, a great cook, great keeper of her home. She's a creator. She's honest. She's loyal. She's committed. She's sold out. She's a principal. She's a teacher. She's an encourager. She's a mother. She's a daughter. She's a sister. She's an aunt. She's a grandmother. She's a spiritual mother. And she is a wife. Hallelujah. Married to me. And she's someone you want to connect with. So with no further ado, I want you to stand on your feet and give God a praise for this awesome woman of God who has the word on this morning. Come on, let's give God praise for her. Y'all have that next Sunday, all right? Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I am so indebted to the Lord for what he has done in my life. I am indebted to my brothers and sisters in Christ here at the Winning Church for you praying me through such, uh, I want to say, a trying time but at the same time, a blessed time. I'm thankful to the Lord for how he have blessed me with a strong, strong support system because you need that in the time that you go through things in your life. Almost going on 30 years of ministry, I have been up as a person and for a sickness, probably just like a cold or something like that, you know, but other than that, 
that was it until last year, 2021, August 14th, my husband's birthday, that uh, blood pressure uh, just shot up and uh, just could not manage it at that time until uh, just had to go to different doctors, I would say over six different doctors, over 20 some different medications that they tried me on that would not fit what was going on with me. Nevertheless, the Lord allowed me to go through it, and I'm thankful that he gave me a personal doctor, uh, Dr. Young, and I have a neighbor, Dr. Palmer, that saw me through this whole ordeal that I have gone through. Amen. Gave me a personal trainer, Sister Michelle Decker, that was so dedicated to me coming to my house Monday, every Monday, every Thursday, walking me through different things that exercises that will help my body get back into where it needs to be. Wave your hands, Sister Michelle. Thankful. You might get a little emotional, but it's okay. okay. Um, my personal nurse, Sister Yosetta Eatman, that called, checked on me, gave me all types of things that I should be doing for my body, and prayed for me morning, noon, night. She called sometimes at midnight. Say, First Lady, you're on my heart. I need to pray for you. And I really appreciate that, Sister Yosetta. Please wave your hand. Amen. So I, I thank God I say personal because of the fact that they catered to me in such a time. And of course, mothers and leadership. What can I say about the prayers and the encouraging words, encouraging text messages, the encouraging emails, um, encouraging hugs, even in the pandemic, the hugs meant so much to me. And I'm grateful to the Lord for that, that he allowed me to be around such faith and strong people that are in the midst of the winning church. Through the praise and the worship, I, I don't know if you all know what praise and worship does for people who are going through at the times that they're going through, just singing the songs of Zion, just listening to the, the songs, the words in the song, uh, brought healing to my body. There were times sitting in the back of the church, sitting in the back of the church, that... Um, all I could do was just say, God, if I could just get to the house of God, where I had no sleep, had headaches galore going on in my body. And I said, if I could just get to the house of God, that's all I wanted to do is get to the house of God, hurting in all, and just sometimes could not even see straight, could not even think straight. But I say, if I could just get to the house of God. And so I'm thankful that I had some wonderful women of God, the armor bearers. How can I say thank you for taking such good care of me?
And, you know, I'm strong, have faith and all of that, but, you know, it's, it, it's, it's something when you can have people around you that will pour back into you and encourage you in doing your time. Because we all have seasons. How people go through and, and stay away from church, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't get that concept. How you stay away from something that brings healing. I don't understand <clears throat> why, why you do that. But nevertheless, I, 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 that's just something that's been on my heart. That, Lord, why people stay away when they're going through? That's the time when you really need to be there. That's the time you really need to be there. And I, I thank God for the armor bearers and, and uh, for them standing with me and being there, praying for me and sitting in the back with me and uh, just coaching me through. You all right? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. And times where I'm like, oh, get my tea, get my tea. Um, I'm a tea person, so they know what kind of tea, everything. So I'm just thankful. Um, you know, I'm independent, but uh, God said, oh, this time, okay, you need some help. You need some help. You know, sometimes we're so independent that we just, we put up this wall that I don't need no help. Yes, you do. You need some help sometimes, you know. And pride kicks in sometimes and, and have you thinking, you all right. You hey, sometimes you just need some help. This time you just need some help. Amen. And so uh, to my wonderful family, I, I could not be standing here today without my, my wonderful children. During the time that I was going through, um, uh, those of you all that don't know little Eli, little Eli's sometimey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes he'll hug you. Sometimes he he won't hug you. Sometimes he'll love on you. Sometimes he won't, and all that kind of stuff. But during the time that I was going through, God allowed him to love on me. He just wanted to be with his nana, and and I'm just like. Wow, and Myra and myself, we were just like, he just, he loves being around me. But God was just showing me, just like I pick you, he, I pick him up as his nana. God was showing me, I'm picking you up and loving on you the same way. And so I thank God for my grandchildren, my children. And then how can I say thank you to the man of my life uh, that nursed me back to health? When I was down, and, and, and I know, Sister Winfield, we do ask the Lord, Lord, why? And, and trying to understand or whatever, but my husband's favorite words was, we don't understand, baby, but we trust him. Amen. We don't understand, baby, but we trust him. And you're going to get through this. You will get through this. And so I am so in love with you for loving me and nursing me back to health. I appreciate you so very much. Not only do I love him, I like him. I like being around him. I love, I love the time that we have and we share with one another. And so um, I, I'm so appreciative for how the Lord has surrounded me with just such great love and how things just fell into place. My sister... Uh, who was a retired nurse over 40 years of being in nursing, was coaching me through some things as well. And, and uh, I know she's watching this morning. I want to give a shout-out to my sister, Kathy, who's in Valdosta. 
uh, soon to move to Florida, uh, but she really helped me through some tough, dark times in my life. And I'm, I'm again, I'm so indebted to the Lord that um, I just promised the Lord that I'm just going to do what he called me to do. Sick or well, I'm just going to do what God called me to do. It, 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 it's, you know, one thing to go through or to teach it how to go through, but then you have to go through it. When you have to go through it, then you have to uh, really take those words that you have been speaking over and over and over for somebody else. And now those words come back to you and you have to stand on the word of God. And I'm able to stand and I'm able to stand and minister to God's people on today. With that being said, I'm glad to be a mother, a grandmother, a spiritual mother. I am very honored to be here today. And I say happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers of the winning church, uh, Mother Johnson, Mother Carter, Mother Norma, and I know uh, a few of our mothers are still out, Mother McKenzie, Mother Washington, and Mother Burke. And I thank God for them. I thank God for all the leadership, all of the membership, and all my family and friends. And, um, of course, God has just has graced me, and, and I'm so thankful. And, and I don't take it for granted. I'm not, uh, uh, you know, to a place where people say, well, you know, nobody came to see about me, nobody this, nobody. I can't say that. I don't have that testimony. I don't have that testimony because God let me know you reap what you sow. So as you have cared for people, guess what? People turn around and care for you. Amen. Amen. So I'm thankful to the Lord for that. So I'm praising God for everybody. I'm thanking God for each and every one of you. And I don't take this day for granted. I don't take any day for granted. Every day that I'm up and moving and, and able to fix my own plate and my own food and put my own clothes on and do what I need to do, I'm so thankful. And so many people take it for granted. But you don't know until you can't do it. And then you'd be like, oh, Lord. Well, God said, well, you weren't giving me thanks and praise before all this happened. So we have to learn to be so thankful and grateful for people in our lives. Because they're not just there just to be there. God placed them there. And I do believe in the divine order of God. I, divine, I believe in God's divine uh, uh, will that when people are in your life, they're in your life for a reason. Whether they are there for a season or a reason, it doesn't matter. They are here for a, re for a reason. And we, we got to open our eyes to begin to see that God really loves us. When, when you really think about it, think about it for a minute. Do you know God really loves you? He has you on his mind all the time. Not just me, but you too. You don't have to be a pastor's wife for the Lord to have you on his mind. You sitting way in the back, ushering people in the church. He has you on his mind. He does. That's the kind of God we serve. So again, I'm so honored. And of course, I thank God for our mothers who have gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, Evangelist uh, B and Evangelist Brown. How, how can I be what I am without those two women of God who have gone on? They serve the Lord with gladness of heart. And they've gone on to be with the Lord. But guess what? They're still living through me. I'm still here giving the devil a fit, 
because of what they put inside of me. Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning, I, again, I don't take it for granted. You know, I haven't been up here in a while, but thank God, little by little, from the back to the middle to sitting on the end right there to coming on the stage and just sitting and, and, and praying and then back to the podium. Nothing but the grace of God. And I'm grateful and so thankful. This morning, I want to uh, say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. For some, this day is very exciting and happy. For others, this day is very painful because they, there are many that are out there that desire to be mothers. And for whatever reason, the Lord did not allow it to be so. I'm also grateful for those and know that for some people who have lost their mothers, that would be, I would be in that category. You have lost your mothers. I won't say lost, but your mothers have passed on to be with the Lord. Um, it brings back lots of memories, lots of memories. And so I'm thankful for them and then thankful for what the world will say, step parents, step mothers. Um, I would just call you mothers if you take on somebody else's children and you love on them, I just call you a mother because everybody can't do what you do. So we appreciate you as well. Amen. And I do want to give a huge shout out to all the single mothers because it is not easy being a mother with a husband, but it's even su you super, super duper parent when you do it by yourself. So to all the single parents, the single mothers, I say, you know what? Hey, you're a hero. You're a shero today. Because she's taking on that challenge to raise children alone. Amen. So we are thankful to the Lord. And um, something that I taught in Women's Fellowship, um, let me back up. I want to thank God for my staff, our staff here at the Winning Church and our uh, staff at the Winning Academy. What can I say about them? Oh, my goodness. I'm thankful for you all taking that ball and rolling with it. And, and uh, we just went through a huge inspection uh, a week ago. Am I right? Yeah, about two weeks ago now. Uh, huge inspection about two weeks ago. And um, we were inspected, and we passed with flying colors and the school is quality excellent rating is on it right now quality excellent rating amen hallelujah so the the inspector said I have never seen anybody that have everything that I asked for up front sometimes I have to come back weeks later months later and they still don't have it but she's like Dr. B you got everything in place I say I owe it all to God and the great staff that works and surrounds me thank you all for making me look good amen but let's go to the scripture 2nd Timothy 1 and 5 2nd Timothy 1 and 5 and then 2nd Timothy 3 14 through 17 you may have it on your notes uh, for your app and my children they talk about me um, but I know they love me uh, this technology stuff you know I'm just be like well why is the thing ain't working like it need to work you know and they got two and three 
remotes for the television. I'm like, what happened to just having one remote? You got to do this, you got to do that, and then you go this step, mom, and this. I'm like, just cut the thing on. <laughs> and then I want to turn channels, but you got to get this one to turn the channel. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, so, uh, and that's what I told her. I said, that's why I have you. Come and do it for me. Well, let me teach you. I don't want to learn. You come in here and do it for me, all right? <laughs> Yes, so I thank God again for all my, my children. They are so wonderful. But um, I want to talk to uh, each and every one of you today, and I won't be long. I know that, you know, we're in this age now where we stay in church too long, you know. Nobody says anything when they stand in line for hours for Jordan shoes. I mean, hours. But church, too long. All to get out and do what? Nothing. Just tell your neighbor she's back. <laughs> yes. I want to speak today, this morning. What is the definition of a faithful mother? What is a definition of a faithful mother? We heard of faithful mothers but everybody have their own opinion now, what a faithful mother really is. And we think we know what a faithful mother is. So uh, let's go to the word and see what is being said about a faithful mother. Second Timothy, um, first chapter, verse five, and even starting from verse one, I won't do that, I'm just trying to move forward. Um, Let's go to verse 5 anyway. When I call to remembrance the unforing faith that is in thee, which dwell first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded that is in thee also. I'm, I'm looking at this scripture as a generational pass on. Can we say a generational pass on? Because we're talking about the grandmother, the mother, and he's addressing this letter. Apostle Paul is addressing this letter to Timothy. So Timothy is an is a offspring from Eunice. So that is, we're talking about three generations. Say three generations. Yes. So the grandmother is Lois, the mother is Eunice, and then he said, I'm persuaded that whatever was in, in your mother and in your grandmother is in you, and that is talking about Timothy. All right? Second Timothy 3, verse 14 through 17. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Uh, we're, we're in an age now, a time now, where we're learning so much till we're still missing the mark. I mean, we got so many things that help us to be smarter, but seem like we're going backwards instead of going forward. Verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, 
for instructions in what? Okay, I'm going to read that again. All scripture, did it say some or did it say all? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instructions in what? In righteousness. Not in our opinions and the way that we want to do things in life. Because we all got our own way and want to do something. I can take five women up here right now and give them all a towel. And they'll probably fold it up five different ways. Because they have their own little way that they do things in life. But here God has said, I'm giving all these scriptures to do what? For it to be a doctrine, meaning a way of life, and meaning that, hey, I, I'm writing this out for you to know personally what I'm talking about. It's going to reprove me. It's going to correct me. Uh-oh, we don't like that word. And it's going to instruct me in righteousness. And the last little part of that 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. To me, this means that we must be passionate about who we are and what we are standing for in these last days that we are in. Uh, chaos is everywhere. Whether you want to admit it or not, chaos is everywhere. Uh, thank God that we have enough sense that, hey, we know we can't do it on our own. And we know that we can't fix this on our own, that we're going to trust God in the midst of chaos. Homes are in shambles. Our school system is whack. Our justice system, oh my, need lots of help. The, unit, the units in our homes, husband and wife, is at an all-time high where it is so much stress going on in the household till we don't have time to tend to the children. Because we're, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do here. How are we going to work this thing out before we knock each other out? Yes. Behind every great man is his mother, really not his wife. Because if the mother did not take the time to train the young man how to be a young man, he would not grow up to be a good young man. He's going to feel his way through and try to figure out what's going on. And guess what? He's going to get information from over here, right there, and over here. And thinking that he's a man when really he don't know how to be a man. The first woman in a child's life is their mother. If the mother teach the child well, then those children will help shape those who they bring into the world. Because it is a generational pass on. Can I say a generational pass on? Uh, years ago, and, and this is years ago, um, everybody in my neighborhood went to church. That's not going on right now in your neighborhood, right? Church, what's that? When I asked some of the children here at school on Monday, hey, how many of you all went to church? They're looking at me like, what's church? I'm like, you're sitting in one. That's, I'm talking about a church. And they don't know what 
a church is because we have this group of parents now saying, let them make their own choices. Now, you all know, as well as I know, children don't have good sense. That's why the Bible says, train them. If they had good sense, why do we have to take Eli and EJ out and say, hey, stay close to me. Let me hold your hand. Why? Because he may take off and run into the street and get hit by a car, or truck, or whatever. They don't have that type of sense to know that they're in danger. So therefore, they have to be trained. Because children don't have good sense. My child do have good sense. Let them be by themselves. You'll, you'll see just how much sense they have. And then you'll be sitting there saying, boy, don't you know better than that? You haven't trained them. That's why we have to be trained through the word of God. And you say, well, why Bishop teaching series? Why? Because you can't even remember what he taught last Sunday. So you have to be trained. It has to be repetition over and over and over and over again. Well, why is he teaching about faith? I know about faith. Well, then you have to look at it because God wants you to go from faith to faith. From glory to glory. I know about that. We're so grown now. We're so sassy now. Nobody can teach you nothing. Nobody can say anything to you without you blowing up and blowing out. We, 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 we think we know. We think we got it together. Baby, sugar, you honey pie, you don't have it together until you get into the word of God. You're not going to know, and I'm all off the cuff, so I'm just going to talk. Um, you're not going to know how to be a good wife unless somebody set your little fast tail down and teach you. I'm sorry. And how are you going to be a good mother if you don't know what it is to be a good mother? You got to be trained. This is training for you. Church is training for you. The word of God is training for you. And then this pandemic is all done, done, just messed the whole entire church up. But the real church is here this morning. The real church said, I'm going to trust God, put my mask on and go on to the house of God. Where the feast of the Lord is going on. If they can make a liquor store and a package store essential, what do you think the church is? The church should be essential for the children of God. This is your lifeline. I got healed coming to the house of God. 
and my sisters, I was encouraged being sitting in the back and watching you all praise and uplift the name of Jesus and see some of you all go through some hard times in life. And I say, God, if you did it for Mother Johnson, truly you can do it for me. Lord, if you did it for Mother Carter, Lord, surely you can do it for me. Lord, if you did it for Sister Phil, Lord, surely you can do it for me. This is essential, people of God. And I, I don't know. Is, is it a bit? Is it, it, is it that confusing? And no, I need God. I need church. What's so, what's so complex about that? What's so complex about it? But we make it complex. We make it so complicated. Well, you know, I know I got to take Jumbo to basketball practice. I got to take do this one to the dance. I got to take her over to gymnastics. And I got to do it. Well, what about you got to bring them to church? You may be seated. Mothers do influence their children, their sons and their daughters, whether it's for the good or for the bad. They're watching you. Guess what? None of us asked to come. And even if it was an ups, if it was a, oh, it's an accident, I'm praying. Uh, however you got here, God meant for you to be here. You're not a mistake. It's not a coincidence that you're here. It's God's divine will that you are here on this earth to be trained to become a man, a woman, a God of faith. I know you have high hopes for your children. I do too. That's awesome. That's wonderful. All of that. But all of that is for naught if they are not saved. And I'm not trying to be a joy killer. I'm not trying to be somebody that, oh, she thinks she all that. And, and she thinks they're perfect. And their children are this and that. My children been through a lot. It may not seem like it. What, what, what you see, you know, they don't look like what they've been through. But you better believe mommy and daddy has been there to train and to instruct and to pray them back on track and say, no, that is not the will of God. You need to be doing it this way. You need to be doing it that way. But guess what? We got parents that scared to tell the children the truth. You're scared to tell the child the truth. I'm just going to let them keep on going. And you're going to let them keep on going that way? No. No. You are here because God put you in their lives. He would have never allowed them to come and be here if he knew that you couldn't handle the, the handle the, the uh, process of raising a child. That's right, that's right. And you know, I look at, and, and I've been there, when you look at some people saying, now, you know what, they ain't got no business with no children. <laughs> I've been there, I, I'm just going to be honest, they don't have no business with no children because they all out the box. Yeah. And now they got five more children to raise that's going to be just like them. But God, God has a sense of humor. He, he, he going to turn that thing around some way, somehow, that those children are going to get in line and follow God and do what, they call, what God has called them to do. Some kind of way. One of life's greatest blessings is to have 
a godly mother in your life. For those of us who have godly mothers in our lives, you are so blessed. But we take it for granted and we just tap all over their feelings, all over their mind. You make them cry. You make them worry. You make them wonder what's going on with little Susie. Why little Susie ain't in church and she all out the box. She's somewhere here. She's somewhere there. But you have a godly mother. Those of you that are here that have your mother in your, in your view right now, I want you to know you need to treat them with much respect. Much respect. Because, you know, um, you could have been born to anybody. You could have been born to a drug dealer, a drug user. You could have been born to some, anybody that's out on the street or whatever. And I'm not downplaying their life. But I'm just saying, you are so blessed sitting up in here. You are so blessed. And you got to start acting like you're blessed. Instead of saying, my mama, get on my nerves. My Lord, one of the greatest gifts you can give your children to be a faithful mother is to be a godly mother. If you want to be a faithful mother, please be a godly mother as well. Because you have some people that's good about, you know, raising their children, but they're not godly. And you want a faithful, godly mother. But sadly, the influence of our world has caused the status of motherhood to decline. Women are encouraged to find more fulfillment now in their careers, fashion, and status. And they don't find fulfillment in raising their own children. They don't think raising children would give them any perks. In the 1950s, only 12% of women with preschool children worked outside the home. In 1976, 31% of mothers were back on the job before the child's first birthday. By 1985, over 50% of mothers with children five and under were working. In 1987, that figure jumped to over uh, 60%. Now in the year of 2000, the year of 2000, of course, we're in the year of 2022. Can you believe it? They have people, or should I say mothers, look at raising children to be too much for them. But yet and still, they spend lots of time impressing other people who don't really mean nothing to them or aren't even studying them. Can I say studying them? Many Christians have adopted, have adapted to our cultural trend. And what I mean by that, if you stay home with your children, they think you are a nobody. When I realize that there are so, so many people that can, that you can, you know, work outside the home. And I'm not trying to downplay that or anything like that. But here's the deal. Your children, your children, your husband is your first ministry. And, and I know you have not heard, and I didn't get that many claps, so it's okay, because uh, I'm talking about the word. I'm talking about the word. Um, he, we're in a place now where people think that where they work, how much they make, 
and what they wear, what they drive, where they live, is, it, it, it defines you as a person. It defines you as a person that you got a fine purse. I got, I got me a Gucci. I got me a Louis Vuitton. I got me this. I got me that. Well, where are your children? Where are your children? I got the latest and the greatest. And I got this necklace. I got that. Oh, yeah. I got, yeah, I got a Tesla out there, child, and this and that, and, and that and this. And, you know, what kind of car I'm riding. And, girl, do you know where I stay? You know where I stay? You know, uh, and, and then again, where are your children? This is where a faithful mother and a godly mother is all about, is where are your children? Are, are, are they nice and polite? Or do they, are they disrespectful? And manners, what's that? What is that now? What? Huh? And, and, and call me old school. Call me old school because people, you know, well, that's what they did in the slavery days and this and that and that and this. And I'm like, well, we're, listen, we're still slaves of Christ, okay? All right? And it has opened many doors for me to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, sir, no, sir. It has opened many doors for my children. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, sir, no, sir. Many doors. Thank you, sir. Uh, but even at that, if you don't teach them that, at least tell them about the tone of it. Because, see, the tone means something to me, too. If they're going to be saying yes, no, don't, I, I don't want to hear yes, no, wait, let's, let's work on that tone. Let's work on that tone, because after a while, this fist going to help you out a minute. We, we got to work on that. We got to work on, we got to work with our children, parents. You can't let them raise themselves. You got to correct them. We need you to correct them. We got to work on this. Because our children, listen, you cannot wait. You cannot expect the church and the school to do your job. Teachers cannot teach a class that's not disciplined. And you don't need nobody boring up at you and telling you, my mama told me I ain't have to obey you. My mama said this. My mama said that. And I ain't going to obey you. I'll tell you what, you get out my class. You get out of my class. Because this my class. But then this is what they let the children, but well, that's their environment that they live in. So we got to let them have their way. Not in my class. Parents, we got to do better. We losing it. We losing our children by the droves. We, 
when, when, when was the last time we seen a young person come and give their life to the Lord? Or when was the last time I heard about a parent leading their children to the Lord? This is not some play assignment to see how cute your girl is, to see how handsome your boy is. It's not about that. They cute self if they don't get themselves together and not going to make it to heaven. And my goal is to get my children to go with me to heaven. He's the captain of the football team. And she's the captain of the cheerleading squad. And she's the this and he's the that. And what are they saved? I don't care what they are. Praise God for all of that other stuff. All I want to know, do they have a firm foundation in God? That's all I want to know. Do they have a foundation in God? Because they're going to be judged. And it's coming quicker than what we can think about. Our children are out there just wandering aimlessly. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't have no money. They have to call you for money. They, they, I mean, they don't have nothing. And they, they got it all. Especially these millennials, not all, but some. They want all, they want, they're entitled to everything. They think they're entitled to everything. When I get out of college, I'm going to live in a house like you, first lady. Do you know that took us over, over 30, 20 years of marriage and work up to where we are? And they want it right now. Well, this was, my package needed to be this. Gold all in the mouth. My package needed to be this. I want this much, and I want that much, and then I want, to, I want to be able to come in when I want to come in, and I want to dress how I want to dress. Okay, well, you go to the next place and let them interview you. You go to the next place. Because first of all, we got to have some, we got to have some people that's just really just, just, you know, Know that you're a human being and that, hey, you just can't get whatever you think you can get from people when you want to get it. It's a timeline on this thing. It takes you a little minute to get to where somebody else is, where your mom and dad is. That takes a little minute for you to get there. I got, I got a few more stats and I'm going to have to let y'all go, okay? All right, uh, um, but I'm back to back to the stats about um, the the children, the uh, the year of twenty thousand, and of course we're in twenty twenty two raising children. If the parents think that these children are uh, being raised and, and and it's just too much for them, a lot we're we're in a time now where mothers are leaving their children with their husband or with the parents, their parents, because they say it's too much for me. It's too much for them to raise their children. And, and, and I, I get it. It has been stressful, challenging times since uh, 2020. I get that. Um, uh, yes, stress, stress is no good for nobody. I've been there, done that, uh, and it's no good for nobody. So now I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling now. Yes, and so, you know, I'm, I'm like Evangelist Winfield. Listen, okay, you got a problem, I'm going to pray for you. Then I'm going to get that to the Lord because I can't carry that. I can't handle that. 
But the parents are so busy trying to work and show off that they have something till the point, to the point now where they got so much stuff, so much stuff, and that, you know, I don't know why they think stuff defines, you know, stuff defines us that whether you are poor, whether you are rich. And I have always hated where the United States put people in below average, average, and above average. That's, that's man's doing. All of us need to know that we are important in the kingdom of God. I don't care how long you've been saved, where you come from. Everybody in here, you are important, and God has you here for a reason and for a purpose, all right? So there, in this ministry, there's nobody that's more important than Jesus Christ, all right? Nobody's more important than Jesus Christ. We love you. I've been here one year. I've been here five years. I've been here 20 years. I've been here almost 30 years. That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. But you're here, God, leave you in a place to help bring up the rest of them. That's what your job is, help bring up the rest of them. So it don't make you no better than nobody else. So when you come, I want you to feel like you're somebody, you know who you are, and you got it going on, all right? And I'm telling you, the word, the word of God really tells us we got it going on. Because the Bible says we have favor with God and favor with man. Am I right about that? So you got it going on. So don't worry about what other people say, what other people do, and, and you can't pray like them, you can't sing like them. Everybody ain't called to sing like Sister Stephanie. Everybody ain't called to pray like so-and-so. Everybody not called. Find your calling, and the Bible say abide, abide in your own calling. When you do that, you will be a, you'll feel so relieved because you'll have to impress people and act like you, you got all of that when you don't. Okay? All right. Okay. I, I need to get back to this. All right. You know that it's, it's over 140 million babies born every year. 140 million babies born every year, but sad to say over 50 million are aborted. We have less and less mothers who want to really raise their children. I have heard it for myself from women. I have, out in, the, out in the marketplace, out in the community, I can't stay home, take care of no children, honey. I got to go to work. So now, again, we're in a place where everything is shifting. Most women I speak to talk more about, again, what, what they want in life and how they want in, what they want in life and what kind of man they want, what kind of job they want, what kind of home they want. And all of that's good. Go ahead and talk about what kind of man you want. While you're doing that, figure out how you can become the woman that somebody else wants. Okay? Figure that out. Because, you know, I want a man that he got to do this, he got to do that, and, and he, yeah, he need two jobs to take care of me because I'm extra. You know, all kind of stuff. Okay, well then, whatever you asking for, you're going to have to become that. All right? I'm, well, praise the Lord. Many women have forgotten the main reason that they have become mothers. It is an honor to become a mother. It is not measuring up to other women's, but it's measuring up to God's word. Do you not know that you were so blessed to have children? There are so many women who wish they could have children on their own, and for whatever reason, again, God did not allow it to be so. But guess what happened? They became somebody's auntie. They became somebody's mentor. They, some kind of way God allowed them to be around other children that you can help raise them, right? 
And what happens is in the church, let's talk about the church, because the world doing what they're supposed to do, but all the church doing what they need to do. The scripture in Titus 2, 3 through 5, and, 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 and like I shared with Women's Fellowship, when was the last time we heard this scripture? Likewise, teach the older women to become relevant, reverent, to show deep respect for something that is worthwhile, which is Jesus Christ, and the way they live. Not to be slanderous or addicted to much wine, but to teach the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be what? Busy at home, to be kind. Got some mean women out there. And to be subject to their own husband. I ain't letting nobody rule over me. That's not what that means, sweetheart. So that no one will malign the word of God, meaning no one will speak evil against God's word because of your actions. Let's go back to the beginning. Because what I'm looking at is that in Titus it said, likewise teach the older women. And then it goes on down and say, but to teach the younger women. Oh, do we have any more teachable people? Can, can we... Can we teach you something without you thinking that somebody judging you? There's a difference in judging you and correcting you. But when correction comes, it's coming to help you be better. And you got to think about when it comes, who it's coming from. This person really loves me. Enough to tell me the truth. Somebody love you, going to tell you the truth. They're not going to tell you everything that you want to hear. And when correction comes, embrace it, women of God. And say, okay, I didn't get it right that time. I'm going to work on getting it right this time. It's okay to be corrected. Am I right? It's okay because if not, if you don't correct someone, then they'll keep on going what? The wrong way. How you going to be on Interstate 75 going the wrong way? What's going to happen? You're going to eventually crash. And you've got to be in a place that you can receive correction. So the older women, we're going to continue to teach them how to be reverent, and we're going to make sure that they live in such a way that they're not slanderous, they're not addicted to much wine, which we stay away from wine because, you know, you get a little bit, then you want some more. All right? And to teach the younger women to love their husbands. Younger women, this is where the Bible tells us to love our husbands and love our children. To be self-controlled. What? What is that? Self-control means you got to contain yourself. You can't be all wild and willy doing everything you think you're big enough to do. You got to be pure. What is that? Never heard that word in church. You got to be pure in thoughts and mind. Your motive's got to be pure. It's got to be pure while you put that dress on. Your mo what's your motive for wearing the tightest thing that you can find? What is your motive? What is your motive for wearing the longest eyelashes you can find? This, it's a motive behind everything that you do. 
let me just put it to you this way. It's a spirit behind everything that you do. Maybe you understand motive better than spirit. It's a spirit, yes. There's certain things you put on where you feel sexy. Not going to get too deep into that, but that's the kind of stuff that we talk about in women's fellowship. It, you know, we, have, we do have women's fellowship. That's something that none of y'all have heard, right? Because we don't think it's important enough to come. Y'all help me. Help me. What is important to you? Your support, right? And when things go on at the church, you got the marriage ministry, you got the singles ministry. Then you be sitting there like, I don't need neither one of them. Yes, you do. Because you're one or the other. Which one are you? Married or single? Some of them don't know. We got women's fellowship. What is that? Well, we come together and we we talk as women of God trying to become better than what we are. You can't become better by yourself. You need somebody to help you become better. No one succeed alone. As awesome as Michael Jordan was, as the, the man had it going on, I mean, just. But he could not win a championship by himself. He had to figure that thing out that I can't do this by myself, even though I know I can do all kind of loops and hoops and dunks and this and that. But when he became a team player, they start winning games. So you can't do this by yourself. You got to have some help. People of God, women of God, let us become more faithful than what we have been in the past. Let us see things the way God wants us to see them. We're here to help you. We're not here to harm you. Ain't nobody, let me just put it like this. I, I say the leadership or the mothers of the church, you know, when I was coming up, the mothers of the church, I was scared of them. Because they, they didn't play the radio with the young people. They, they look at you, they have switches in the church, belts in the church, all the above. And, 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 you know, they look at you, you straighten right up. Them eyes blinking and everything. You, you know, you, you straighten right up. Well, we don't have them kind of mothers like that. But, oh, we do? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but you always have to look at it that they was here to help you. They were here to help you. They're not all the time trying to put your, your fire out and be a joy killer. They're just trying to help you raise your little young one. When the mothers tell you, hey, you know what? Make sure the little boy got some shoes and socks on. Because if you don't have shoes and socks on, when they get a cold, mom, what to do? Didn't I tell you to put some shoes and socks on the baby? Just simple things. Just simple, simple things. I don't know why we make things, life so complex when we don't have to. People make life so hard when you don't have to. When God said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. No man coming to the Father except through him. He came that we may have life and life more abundantly. Once we get hold to that word, that word will guide your life. We've got to have the guidance that God wants us to have. We've got to be able to sit and listen. Sit, listen, learn, and apply. Yeah. You've got to be able to have that type of spirit. 
that I'm going to listen attentively and then I'm going to do what it, what it calls for me to do. You know, when you all into something, when you all in, right now, uh, my, my son is on this, this weight loss journey, and, and he, is, he is all in. Did I tell y'all he's all in? And I was trying to tell him before, Jerry, stop eating all that junk food. And, and, and you're eating that junk food, you're getting older, you're going to be sick, and you, you don't want to be sick. I said, start correcting things now. And he got on this journey and started losing weight and started intermittent fasting and, and everything and started in January. And here now he has lost almost 50 pounds. Almost 50 pounds. But I'm saying that to say this, is that when you are all in for Christ, you got to give up something. You, you can't come to Christ and don't give up something. You can't come to Christ and not be disciplined. You can't come to Christ and think you want to remain the same and God just going to, he just going to do it for you. He just going to transform you right before your very eyes. No, you got to give up something. You got to get in. You got to get in the treasure. You got to make, make it happen. Make it count. Every day it's a challenge. And yes, every day. Uh-huh, yeah, I got to eat right. I got to walk. I got to exercise. And every day you should be saying, yep, I got to pray. I got to get into my word. I got to get the Bible study. I got to call so-and-so and pray with them. I got to make sure my children intact. Got to make sure my wife intact. Got to make sure my husband intact. Yes, you got to do all of that. If you want to remain faithful in God. If not, the devil going to come and sweep you away. And you're so easily deceived by things. That's why we got so many religions, so many cults, occults. People getting caught up in all kinds of things because they don't know their word. You got to get into this word. This word, as the Bible says, a lamp unto my feet. I light into my path. His words would I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You got to get this word down pat, and then you got to be teachable. You got to be coachable. If you're not teachable and coachable, you might as well go on out the door right now because this is all vain for you. But if you mean God all the way, if you're in it to win it and you want to finish strong, then you're going to have to give up something. Your time. What time? We don't have no time. That's my time. God gave us this time. It's his time. And we got to make good of where we are. You got to make good of where you are. And stop being jealous about other people's lives because they're getting blessed and you're not. You got to do what it takes to get the blessing that God has for you. All this stuff, is really? Okay, I'm just going to close the Bible. You know what? All it's all about right now for me. Let me just speak for me. Let me just speak for me. All right. All it's all about for right now is that I'm growing in God. And if it takes me shedding people, so be it. You try to do all, I, I, and listen, I don't care what you do for people, there's never enough. It's never enough for some people. They so disgruntled, they murmur, they grumble, they complain about every little thing. I say, no wonder you ain't blessed because you, you spend most of your time complaining about what you don't have instead of spending time thanking God for what you do have. Right now, I want you to focus on God. 
Focus on what God has called you to do as a man of God, as a woman of God, as parents. You focus in on what God has called for you and your family and say, God, we're going to live for you. No, I'm not saying you're going to be popular. I know a lot of people want to be popular, but hey, it's okay. We're not going to be popular living for Christ. When you tell people, me and my family, we don't do that. Why not? Well, because it don't line up the word of God. And they be looking at you, you think you better. I don't think I'm better than nobody. This is just what I choose to do for me and my family. This is what I choose to do. You don't have to get in no arguments with anybody. You just tell them, I'm just focusing in on God right now. And I'm going to praise him to the best way, the best way I know how. I'm going to live all the God I'm going to live. I'm throwing jealousy out the window. I'm throwing covetousness out of the window. I'm throwing envy out of the window. I'm throwing all of that because I know that God has something great for me. And that's what you have to start talking. That's how you have to start being because you know what? If you let people, they'll take you straight out of the will of God. They will have you doing stuff that God ain't never intended for you to do. You just doing it because it makes sister so-and-so feel good that she told you that she's doing that. We, we as a people of God, now the church is, is at, is, is, to me, the church going to have to rise up. We need to rise up now. Because we're in a place and a time now where everything is around us is going haywire, crazy. And we got to be the ones that pray for the peace of Jerusalem, pray for the peace of America, pray for the peace of, of Israel. We got to be the one that stand in the gap. They say, I'm going to do what God called us to do regardless of what it costs me. If it costs my life, I have to tell Satan, listen, Satan, you try to bring sickness upon me, I'm going to still serve God. You're going to still serve God. You're not going to give up on him. You're going to praise God in the midst of it. You're not looking for no pity party. Because, you know, some people like to be sick. Some people like to be sick. And I told my daughter, I'm not one of them. I don't need attention getter just to tell people how oh, y'all look at me. No, I don't want to be sick because you can't be sick doing the will of God. You got to be up on your feet so God can use you how he need to use you. It's time for the church to rise up and evangelize this world. Tell your family about Jesus. Tell your fear about Jesus. Tell your loved ones about Jesus. Tell your everybody that you know about Jesus. Because he is soon to come for a church without a spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And are you ready? Are you ready to become what God called you to become? If the rapture take place right now. God knows, I don't, if the world is upside down right now, I don't want to be here after the rapture take place. So I ask you today, are you ready to give your life to Christ? Are you ready? Are you the one that Christ looking for? Are you the one that God said, I can use you? And you don't have to have no title. Titles are messed up so many people till it ain't funny. Everybody want to be an elder. Everybody want to be a pastor. Everybody want to be an evangelist. The whole church evangelists and, and, and ministers and, and we're the people. He said make full proof of your, do the work of evangelists and make full proof of your ministry. When the last time you led somebody to the Lord? 
That's how you can measure your growth in Christ. When you're leading people to the Lord or either when you're telling somebody. Because one water, one plant, God give the increase. So we got to start opening our mouths and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people and let them know that God still lives because he lives inside of me. Hallelujah. Let us stand. Let us stand. I don't want you all to be around here talking, but she was good, but she, she too long. You know, um, my son was telling me, Mom, uh, he tell me about the latest trend for the young people and everything. Because I said, uh, I said, Jairus, I, I said, I, I, I don't know what to do with this young generation other than pray for them and teach the word. And he said, Mom, that's all you can do. And so I was talking to him and Myra. I said, you know what? I said, I just want to make sure that you and Myra love God. And I say, and then I'm going to send y'all out amongst your peers and teach them how to love God through your life. That's the main thing I can do. It's teach them about Jesus. Because you know what? A lot of people, a lot of people are not serious about this thing like they think they are. They don't love Jesus like they think they do. Because when it comes to the things of God, they don't want to do that. They don't want to pray. They don't want to fast. They don't want to, they don't want to come to church. And, you know, pastors around here pulling their hair out, trying to get people back to church. They're serving pizza. They're serving chicken. They're serving all kinds of stuff, trying to get people back to church. And this and that. And, oh, well, maybe we need to do this. Maybe we need to do that. And I said, Lord, do we have to do all of that to get people back? Do we have to? I, this is my, my daily conversation with the Lord. What do we have to do to get people back to church? And God said they weren't serious in the first place. You, you go after everything else you want. You got to go after Jesus if you want it. all in when the world said oh this coming out oh that's coming out oh this and that that and this I seen the line at the movie theater some movie out I don't know what movie it is but the line was out the door I'm like well what in the world that's a new movie out I said boy I love it when I see a line out that door of the church let me see a line out the door to get into the house of God In other words, what I'm saying is you, you, you go to what you want to be to be in. And then perish. You, you don't give your children no choice whether they want to go to church or not. What's that? Especially if you stand in my house. You better get yourself up and get ready. You don't give them no choice. I ain't want to go today. I don't feel like going. What? What's that? I told you, children don't know what they want. They think they do, but they don't know what they want. And after a while, by and by, it was 
probably about 10 years of marriage, I went back to my mom and my dad. I said, thank you for every whipping. Thank you for every whipping you gave me. Thank you for all the instructions that you gave me. I appreciate you all keeping me away from stuff that I wanted to go to. You know how you go home, Mom, I'm, everybody going to this, this, and everybody. And my mom said, everybody ain't going because you ain't going. You can't go. But thank God that she kept me away from all of that. Yeah, you make your children mad. That's all right. They're going to need you. <laughs> They're going to need you. They'll be mad. They okay. They're going to be all right. Because you still, they still want mommy and daddy to feed them, clothe them, take them different places, and all that kind of good stuff, you know. So they're going to need you. So don't be sitting there trying to bargain with them where if you let me go to be so-and-so and then I go to church with you, that devil is a liar. You're going to church regardless whether you go or not. Because you're going to need this. You're going to need this and some. Where we are right now, when I see what the world is doing right now, you better know that we're in trouble as America. Don't be, don't be ducking your head in them saying, you better look up and see what needs, what's going on. You better be to the meetings at the, at the schools. You better know what they're teaching your children. This new thing coming out there, I'm done. New thing coming out now. They, they want to give all the, the public school children a psych evaluation. They want to give every, I'm going to say it again, every child that's in the public school system, they want to give your child a psych evaluation and write up what they think is wrong with them. And just follow them everywhere they go. And guess what? They don't have to ask you. You know if they don't have to ask you to give them birth control, they don't have to ask you for no psych evaluation. Pay attention to what's going on. Be to all the meetings. I know you're tired as all get up, but be to all the meetings and speak up when you have the chance to speak up instead of not saying anything. We gotta, we gotta open our eyes. We gotta be prayerful. We gotta help our children. We gotta help ourselves. Then we gotta help our children. Become more faithful than you ever been before. That God, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to teach my children to serve you. Because if they ain't saved now, guess what? The Bible said it won't depart from them. Train them in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.